Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patra. Today, we have Rhonda Chamberlain. She's a physiotherapist, a pre and postnatal fitness coach. Rhonda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone, and thanks, Patra, for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I am a physiotherapist. I've been working since 2010. Um, I work in orthopedics, so basically just any sort of generic injury, people will come to see me. And since um, this year, March of 2020, I just became a pre-postnatal fitness coach. The um, course that I took is called Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. So it focuses on um, pregnant postpartum moms, keeping them involved in exercise in a way that honors where they're at presently and honors their future uh, health as they go through pregnancy and postpartum experience. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I can talk about my personal life too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am married to my husband, Jay, and he is a Waterloo firefighter. So we've been married for um, almost four years now. And we have two daughters, um, Sadie, who turned three in October, and Tegan, who turned one in August. That's awesome. Yeah. I love your little family and all the photos that you share of it. I'm like, oh, they're so yeah. cute. <laughs> it's, it's been amazing. It's definitely my favorite job is being a mom. That's awesome. Do you find it hard to balance the two? Um, yes and no. I think the, the great thing that I've sort of learned just, um, I guess, as I've grown up and matured is um, you can set the balance in your life. And I feel like balance is kind of a tricky word because it's always changing, but mm -hmm. I know myself and I know that family is my number one value. So after I had Sadie, so before I had Sadie, first of all, I, I worked a lot. So I worked long hours. I started early in the morning, worked until late at night. Um, once I had Sadie, I just kind of reevaluated what was important. And as much as I love my job and love what I do, again, family is first and foremost for me. So I luckily too, I have the privilege to be able to make my own hours. So my boss is very flexible. And I was able to cut back my evenings um, and uh, I take off Mondays and Fridays now as well. So I can have, you know, a bit of that better balance between home life and work life, which I'm, I'm very lucky to have that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I find that what you said is so important, like balance kind of constantly changes. It's not something that you keep static throughout. Right throughout everything. Um, so what inspired you to go into pre and postnatal fitness? That's a good question. And that's, yeah, I love talking about this. So I, um, have been involved in CrossFit, um, since 2012. Um, so the clinic that I work at is a CrossFit gym. We actually went through just a rebranding recently. Um, we're not CrossFit affiliated anymore, but we're still a fitness gym. And I have participated in the sport since then. Um, throughout my pregnancies, I was very active. I worked out probably four to five times a week. Um, after having Sadie, my first daughter, I, I guess was lucky in the sense that I didn't really have any um, difficulties rehabbing from my pregnancy. And I was able to get back into the gym relatively quickly. 
Um, I was actually back competing in CrossFit around six months postpartum, um, again, with no significant symptoms. Um, fast forward to my uh, pregnancy. So my pregnancy with Tegan with my second daughter was still pretty um, seamless, still able to work out, didn't feel um, that bad. I had a few symptoms throughout the pregnancy, but nothing major. Um, and then postpartum with her, I basically assumed I would be able to get back into exercise the same way that I did after Sadie, um, got back into the gym, started doing sort of typical workouts that I thought I'd be able to do. And my postpartum bleeding came back. So it had already stopped, worked out a pretty hard workout. And then I started bleeding again and I panicked. I was like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. The other symptom I had was um, almost like contraction pain. So like really bad abdominal cramping after a couple of those workouts that I was confused by. Um, and then the other symptom I had was um, what I learned was a prolapse, which is um, the downward descent of your organs that is common with pregnancy. So I would have like a heaviness feeling in my vagina, which was almost like feeling like a tampon's falling out, mm-hmm. um, which again, I, I sort of felt that throughout my pregnancy, but I just assumed it was something that would go away after I gave birth. Yeah. But pretty much any workout I tried to do, I would have a mixture of those three things. And so suddenly I was just panic mode um, and just confused because I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm a physio. Second of all, I worked out my whole life. Um, I work in a gym and we provide exercise-based therapy. I've worked with pregnant people. Why didn't I know what to do? And why hadn't I heard about any of this stuff before? So yeah, so I panicked. I basically stopped all exercise because again, I felt so confused and lost. Um, Went to see a pelvic floor physio. So she diagnosed me with a grade two uh, pelvic organ prolapse, so bladder prolapse, which again, she reassured me is super common. Um, And then it's just a matter of easing slowly back into exercise to manage that symptom. Mm-hmm. And honestly, after that, um, my mat leave with Tegan was basically me almost going back to school. So I just obsessively started learning about the core and the pelvic floor, because again, no one, we don't learn that in, in physiotherapy school. So I just started learning. I started following all different accounts on Instagram, listening to podcasts, Um, again, just became obsessed with this information and just was so baffled by the fact that I didn't know this before. And so now, you know, I'm so passionate about it because again, if I'm feeling that way as a physiotherapist and longtime exercise enthusiast, Mm -hmm. there's other women who feel just as lost as me or more lost. So now I just want to kind of pay it forward what I've learned and help other women learn more about their bodies because I think that's empowering um, and get back into exercise in a way that honors what they went through and to honor their future um, health and fitness as well. I think that's so important and I always appreciate all the things that you share regarding this because even just I mean, I can't speak for postpartum, but even just in pregnancy, you know, you notice all these changes in your body and you notice all of a sudden, like you're not in control anymore. Your body is kind of an autopilot doing what it needs to do. And so trying to kind of continue that, I had a very strict fitness routine prior to, um, and stuff like that. And so even just trying to continue that, I noticed like, I can't, 
And right. I, it's one of the hard things. Cause then you're like, well, why can't I do it? You know, you don't really understand. And I've learned, like you said, for me, one of the most empowering things is educating myself about it and kind of learning, like, why are these limitations that my body can't right. work right. through? Yep. Totally. What would you say is, uh, the biggest thing that you wish um, women and people carrying children knew pre and postpartum? So I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just, there's just such pressure on women and people carrying children. I appreciate, um, I'm starting to learn more about using the proper terminology. So thank you, Patra. No problem. Um, So there's just so much societal pressure, um, whether that comes from social media, I think that's where a lot of it comes from, to um, be, a, you know, hashtag fit mom and to bounce back. So those are kind of terms that get floated mm-hmm. around online. Um, and again, it's, you know, comes back to just body image and just wanting to, you know, look a certain way and um, be able to continue our sort of path with fitness, which I've learned is just like BS essentially and unrealistic, right? So I just, yeah, I've learned that um, I just want women to sort of honor, um, honor the time that they're in during their pregnancy because it is temporary, even though it feels like forever, right? Yeah. Um, so just honor what your body's going through and remember that fitness will always be there in whatever capacity you want it to be um, after you heal and after you go through that postpartum phase. And just try not to let, again, like societal pressure, even just that internal pressure that we put on ourselves. Um, try not to let that bog you down. So that's honestly the biggest lesson I've learned through this time is I've started to realize how um, my identity was tied to my fitness um, Mm -hmm. quite closely. And just starting to unpack that and start to realize I am more than just my physical body, right? So um, there's so much more about me other than just what I can do fitness wise. Um, so I really had to kind of dive deep into that, especially postpartum. Um, so yeah, just starting to explore what else, um, is amazing about you outside of your fitness abilities. Um, that's the biggest thing I would say. That's a really good reminder. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because yeah, like you said, the fit, fit mom and bounce back body and all that is kind of the biggest trend when it comes to pregnancy and postpartum. It's not take care of you. How are you healing? It's how do you look? Exactly. Do you, do you look as good as before? What's changed? How can we fix it? Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how yeah. do you think that diet culture factors into this? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And that's honestly, again, something that I didn't know much about until I started getting into this world. Um, because yeah, it is so closely tied, um, again, just that, that pressure to look a certain way, um, that pressure to get your body back postpartum. So I, I've definitely been on every type of diet you can imagine as a lot of us as women, uh, can relate and men, um, Mm -hmm. all people, right. So 
Um, even so postpartum after Sadie, I, you know, was counting calories and I was able to, I guess, lose the baby weight, um, that way postpartum with Tegan, I, uh, I won't name the name of the diet, but I tried a diet that went horribly wrong and I almost passed out one day and it was terrible. So I quit that diet and started again, just kind of exploring that world because all these things sort of came together. You know, it's like we have this pressure to lose the weight, to look a certain way postpartum. And why? Like, why do we feel the need to do that? Right. So again, I started, I feel like in life, it's like dig deeper. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you feel the need to lose weight, okay. Like nothing wrong with that, but what is your reasoning? Is Mm -hmm. it, you know, to feel good, to, um, have energy, that type of thing. Can you focus on achieving those things without dieting and without these extreme behaviors? Um, and that's basically what I've learned with diet culture is, um, as much as we think it helps us, it actually hurts us in the end. And, uh, studies are showing that constant dieting actually leads to long-term weight gain, not weight Mm -hmm. loss. And it just messes with our psychology. It just, so this year postpartum too, it has just been a journey for me. I basically am out of dieting forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, Hallelujah. And again, just starting to realize I am so much more than my body. Um, I don't need to prove to anyone, including myself, that I'm a good person because of my body size. Um, I, I do have thin privilege when I do say that. So I will acknowledge that. Um, but I think that's just a message for, for everyone that we are so much more than our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, diet culture is just, it's one of those things that I've slowly become super passionate about. And now I notice it constantly all the time. And like you, I tried so many diets and even from like a young age, and it was something that influenced a lot of my behaviors and what I did and everything like that. And just kind of, as you get older, you're like, why do I feel the need to be doing this? Right. Yeah. Like it's baffling. It's, I think it's a $64 billion industry. So not even surprised when you look at it that way, diets, are designed for us to fail because they want us to keep going back to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a no, no wonder that they never work and <laughs> diets, <Sorry. laughs> um, diets are designed to make us feel like we're doing it wrong. Not that the diet itself is wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you find that these are conversations that you're commonly having with clients or is it something that you find yourself educating them on more and more? Yeah, um, definitely. We have these conversations and I'm pretty upfront about um, that. I don't specifically coach weight loss. So Mm -hmm. um, I also don't demonize it. So if, if women say to me, one of my postpartum goals is to lose weight, I'll obviously listen and acknowledge their story and their goals, but I will let them know I don't um, necessarily encourage any like dieting behaviors. And then again, we kind of talk about 
why do you want to lose weight? And then I give um, resources that have really helped me kind of walk through that messiness of um, getting out of diet culture mindset and just sort of finding a healthy sort of balanced relationship with food again. So I'll give a lot of information that way, but I'm not necessarily a nutrition coach. So I'll kind of stay in my lane that way. That's so important. And I wish other uh, health and fitness coaches kind of followed suit with that in saying like, you know, I understand that you want to lose weight and I honor that and we'll do it in a healthy way, but I'm not going to help you do it in these extremes because you find a lot of these uh, fitness coaches online and these online programs and stuff are like, let's help you lose it as fast as possible. But then often it's not healthy. Um, And that's the thing, like the fitness industry, you like um, coaches that sell weight loss, you can make a killing, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. such easy, lucrative uh, business. So it's going against the grain to not be a weight loss coach, but I'm so passionate about it that there's, I'll never go down that road. That's amazing. Yeah. Would you say that this has become like your passion and purpose in life right now? Definitely. 100%. It's pretty cool. Just how the stars have aligned. So the physio um, genre that I work in is exercise based. So I've been sort of working with clients to get them stronger um, in different capacities for um, eight years now. And then just going through what I went through postpartum with Tegan, as frustrating and challenging as that was, I'm in a strange way thankful for it because it's what led me down this path. And so just all of those worlds are kind of like merging now. And yeah, I truly think this is my passion and purpose moving forward. Mm -hmm. Was there a piece of advice or someone that kind of influenced you that kind of kept you going with this? So the course that I took pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is taught by Brianna Battles and she's a strength and conditioning coach out of California and her passion is incredible. So Yes, she's what keeps me going Um, when there's times that I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so much work. I, you know, I'm starting from scratch, building this online business. It seems like there's a million things to do, but I'll just kind of um, see what she's up to. And that kind of fuels my fire again. Um, She sort of went through similar experience where she had um, significant diastasis recti, which is the natural and normal separation of your abdomen during pregnancy. the healing of that for her was very challenging and she was big into strength and conditioning work and try same thing tried to get back into fitness and just kept hitting roadblocks because the healing just wasn't happening and then she just started to realize there just was zero information out there for women involved in fitness that are trying to heal from pregnancy so she basically just paved the way for this information and Yeah, it's just incredible because now she's formed um, this amazing community of coaches who are all like-minded women who all just want, again, just to get this um, information out there. We all are very collaborative, not competitive with each other. We all just want to help each other out and pump each other up um, because, you know, the more people getting this message out there, the better. Um, We just kind of work together in that, that great way. 
Mm-hmm. And that's phenomenal that it's kind of spreading and becoming a more, I don't even want to say common because I still don't think it's all that common, but becoming a more normalized conversation and something that you can discuss because um, things like postpartum symptoms and stuff like that was never something that I ever heard about uh, in my fitness journey. Um, it wasn't relevant to me, don't get me wrong. But um, even when, you know, I had friends that were pregnant or postpartum and stuff like that, it was never something that was ever mentioned as like a factor into how you should be conditioning and strengthening your body. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I realize is um, in the environment that I work in, um, super knowledgeable trainers and physios that I work with, but this is just such a sort of like specialized area that you really have to take the time to learn about, which is interesting because if you think about it, you know, 50% or more of the population is women. And of that, um, percentage wise, a good chunk of those women are going to be having babies. So it still blows my mind to this day. Why isn't this information more readily available? Because Mm -hmm. it is a huge amount. It's not a special population. It's a large percentage of our population, right? Yeah. And it's just like everything related to those body systems, whether it's menstruation, whether it's um, pregnancy, any of that, it's such a, like a secret hidden topic. Um, But it affects so, so many people in such a large majority. Oh, for sure. And we could Uh, get into a whole like conversation about like the patriarchy, right? And all we could, (laughs) it all stems back to that, right? Because women are expected to be quiet and not talk about things that are awkward to make men uncomfortable, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So in this work, what are some challenges that you often face? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess challenges, and this is sort of as a physio in general, Um, And, but what I love about my job is everybody is different, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, but again, I love that because it's kind of like every person that comes to me is a new puzzle to sort of Mm -hmm. try to figure out and sort of navigate their healing in the best way for them. Um, So I think that the biggest thing that I've learned and the biggest challenge as a physio is to not put, force my own agenda onto someone So I have, you know, like I have a lot of experience, I have a lot of knowledge, but at the end of the day, none of that matters if it's not helping you get back to what you want to do, right? So Mm -hmm. I had a good example of um, a lady I worked with recently online and she hadn't worked out pretty much a day in her life, but she knew it was something that was good for her. So she reached out to me just saying, can you, you know, get me back into exercise, but I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I just want to get moving. So I said, yeah, that's fine. So we get her working out. Um, and all she had was five pound dumbbells at home. So I said, yeah, that's fine. Like we'll work with those for now. And then down the road, we'll increase those as you get stronger. And then a couple months go by and she just kept saying like, Rhonda, this is amazing. I haven't worked out this much in my life. Like I've been so consistent. I feel so good. I feel strong. She, she's a mom of three kids. She's like, I'm keeping up with them. I feel great. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I said, okay, like you're feeling pretty strong now. How about we increase your weights? So you're probably doing good enough to do that. She's like, honestly, I feel really good with these five pound weights. Like, is that okay if I just stay here? And it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, I don't know. Cause again, like as a <laughs> strength and conditioning coach, it's like, 
we're trained to, you know, lift heavier, do more higher volume, move faster as you get fitter. Right. Yeah. So I had this like soul searching moment of like, okay, like, so she's telling me she feels great. She feels strong. She's keeping up with her kids, you know, check, check, check everything that she came to see me for. She's doing great. So, yeah. So I said, you know what, that's great. Just stay there. You know, um, I always say that, um, consistency trumps intensity every single time. So if she's Mm -hmm. staying consistent with that amount of volume and that weight, who am I to tell her that that's wrong and that she needs to lift heavier, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an example of, again, it's like, listen to your client, listen to what their ultimate goals are. Don't force your agenda onto them because at the end of the day, it's, it's up to them what they want to get out of working with me. So yeah, just solving that puzzle with each person and trying to figure out how to get them feeling their best and get back to the things that they love to do in a way that works for their life, with their symptoms, with their schedule, all of those things. That's great. And I like that you see it as like, okay, this is a piece of the puzzle. Let's figure it out rather than no, let's make it all fit. Uh, you know, there's the flexibility there that you understand that different bodies and different people have different needs and different things that they like, um, which again, is not something that's all all that common when it comes to health and fitness coaches. Right. Yeah. So from everything that you've learned, whether it can be uh, in the pre and post natal, um, whether it's in diet culture, just generally fitness, what is something that you would tell your younger self? Ooh, good question. Hmm. I would say try to not, um, let what other people think and what, what society thinks um, try not to let that influence your decisions. Try, try to dig deep into your own self to figure out what makes you happy. Um, I think part of my journey this past year too has been looking into my like people pleasing behaviors and my perfectionism behaviors mm-hmm. and starting to realize a lot of the decisions um, I would make were basically for kind of like appearances or like image sake, right? So again, so working out at a gym, working at a gym, you just have this inherent pressure to be that, again, that hashtag fit mom example. So I remember sort of having that internal pressure of like almost needing to prove myself. And when people would watch me work out almost to be like, yeah, look at me, like I, you know, I'm still working out and I'm mm-hmm. eight months pregnant and um, the comments that I would get like, wow, like your baby's going to come out with a six pack and you're just going to bounce right back. And I liked those comments. Right. And I don't, I don't think, I don't feel shame like saying that because that was the world I lived in, in that time. Right. So I didn't mm-hmm. know any different. I didn't have a perspective of it, doing it any other way. Um, yeah. So I would just say, try not to let, you know, other people's opinions of you influence your decisions, right? Which is so hard. I feel like that's going to be a lifelong, that's a lifelong lesson for all of us, right? Yeah. Um, But if I look back at that time, it's like, what, why was I doing that? So 
at the end of the day, I love fitness and I love, you know, nutrition and eating because it helps me feel good. It helps me have energy. It helps me keep up with my kids. Like all those things are what's important to me. Mm -hmm. So do I need to, when I was pregnant, do I need to continue lifting super heavy or do the workout that's written um, on the board to feel that way? And like now looking back, the answer would have been no, right? It's like, I can Mm -hmm. still feel fit, happy, strong, have energy, scaling back my workouts, right? And same thing postpartum. And it's like amazing now the way I feel at the gym. I just, that pressure to like compete and perform is gone and maybe it'll come back. Maybe a next phase of my life, I'll feel kind of that competitive itch again. But again, I think it's just, I'm in a new mindset now where it's like, no, I need to make decisions for myself. I shouldn't need to be factoring in other people's opinions of me into those decisions, which is, yeah, again, it's so, so hard, but yeah, I'm living and learning um, as I go with that, with that lesson. Yeah. It's absolutely like a lifelong thing. Like you think you've got it. And then like we said with balance, like things change quick and then you're like, oh, now I have to readjust and learn more about how to kind of empower yourself. For sure with these things. Um, so I did have a question in regards to raising kids. Um, I noticed that for a lot of people, their health and fitness journey and their diet culture, um, interpretations and all of that are things that they learn from their parents. How are, like, are there things that you're actively doing with your, with your daughters to kind of, um, reinforce this new mentality that you have, that you've kind of learned and educated, or is it something that you think maybe as they grow, you'll introduce them to? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm lucky, like my husband is super open to these conversations. And, um, I came from a background of, uh, being a gymnast Mm -hmm. And so through therapy and through kind of my own soul searching, um, a lot of my body image and like perfectionist tendencies come from being a very young uh, gymnast Mm -hmm. where thinness was idolized, right? And um, we, you know, had very unhealthy eating uh, habits where I like would go through phases of not really eating to be this thin ideal, um, gymnast. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely. I want not to teach those lessons to my kids. Right. And, um, the other thing, just thinking back to my upbringing, um, in my home. And I think this has just changed like through societal changes. Right. So my mom, my mom was constantly on weight watchers. She, always talked about like, we can't eat that food because it's fattening and mm-hmm. I'm on a diet. We can't eat that. We're, I'm not going to buy, you know, so that was, that was my house. Um, so yeah. So with my kids, when it comes to food, um, I'm still, I'm still their parents. So I definitely have sort of like boundaries in the sense of, I don't want them just eating cookies all day long, yeah. but I think it's like, I always talk about the pendulum swing, right? So it's, I don't want to teach them restriction and I don't want to teach them like good versus bad food because there is no such thing. It's just, it's all just food. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying my best and this is hard because again, it's ingrained in our culture. Um, if they have a treat, I try to, again, not necessarily call it a treat, just say like, okay, 
um, with your dinner today, um, you're going to have a cookie um, and kind of just let them self-regulate. So, and it's, it's wonderful to see this happen. Sadie will, you know, eat her dinner and she loves certain things. Like I'll always have vegetables with every meal and she'll, she will eat her vegetables most of the time. Um, and then we'll have sometimes like a cookie after and she'll eat like half her cookie and be like, I'm full and kind of leave it off to the side. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like that isn't great mm -hmm. for us, but because we live in a society of restriction, I personally went through phases of like, uh, binge behaviors, restrictive behaviors, right? Because I was taught that, you know, certain foods are bad. So when I did have them, I would eat a million of them. And to the point of feeling sick because tomorrow I'm going to be restricting again. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm trying to just be kind of like fluid, I guess, with, um, with that. And again, not labeling good versus bad food when it comes to movement. Yeah. I, I'm never going to, you know, say to Sadie, mommy needs to go work out to stay skinny. You know, like that's, I'm never going to use that messaging when it comes to, to exercise. I'm going to teach her, you know, exercise is there to help us again, feel strong, feel energized, um, help us do the things that we love to do in life. Um, I'll kind of preach that message with her that movement is great for us, but not in the reasons that of weight loss or staying skinny. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's, I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm like, it's such good things to keep in mind. And it's one of those things that like, you don't always think of, because like you said, it's something that you're ingrained in when you're, you know, I was competitive dance and all of that. And so, you know, when you're in those athletic cultures and then, you know, you go home and the normal back then was, you know, Weight Watchers and those diet programs and things like that. So it's like, how can I not just automatically, you know, say, oh, that's junk food or that's not good for you or right. whatever. And I think it's amazing when kids have that restraint and don't finish their dessert because right. like you, I went through like binge and restrict. So then I would be like, oh, no dessert for me for like six months. And then I would eat like five servings of dessert right. afterwards. And so just that they naturally have that control and they're like, yeah, that was good. But like, I'm full, I'm good kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, honestly, like that. So that's where I'm at because now I'm out of the diet culture. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying just to like learn about my body's internal cues again. Right. Cause again, like when you live in that binge restrict mentality, you 100% lose sight of your body's cues. Right. Because mm -hmm. yeah, you just, that's just what diet culture does to you. So I'm trying to get back to that. And it's, it's tough. It's really hard because yeah, like I, I've had to learn again, like, what does fullness feel like? What does feeling satisfied feel like? What does feeling overfull feel like? And not judging myself for it, right? So if I have a day where I do end up binging on something, maybe it's like an emotional thing because we have, we've had some tough uh, times going on in our family. I've had moments recently where I've, you know, eaten a bunch of um, Christmas chocolate and in the past, I would feel so guilty about that. And then the next day I would, you know, really restrict and use exercise as like a punishment. Right. Yep. Um, whereas now I'm starting to realize in those moments, like it's okay to emotionally eat sometimes. Like don't judge yourself for that, that we're human beings that have feelings. Right. And sometimes we soothe ourselves with food. That's not bad, mm -hmm. but just be aware of it. Right. So 
I'm aware of it and I recognize, okay, I kind of ate my feelings tonight. That's okay. Yeah. And tomorrow, again, instead of feeling guilty about it and punishing myself with restriction and, and, and exercising to excess, it's like, okay, let's see how I feel today. Can I express my feelings in a different way other than um, stuffing my face full of food? Can I journal? Can I meditate? Can I talk to my therapist? Um, can I work through my feelings without using food as a crutch? Mm-hmm. And then can I, again, get today, get back to like listening and honoring my, my body's cues again. Right. And like eat when I'm hungry, stop when I'm satisfied. Um, and just kind of that cycle just continues day to day. Right. And again, it's going to be a lifelong learning process and unlearning the diet culture uh, mentality. Right. But it's been, it's been pretty cool. And like my husband and I've had good talks about it. Um, cause he similarly has been on all kinds of diets too. Um, so yeah, we're trying to just navigate that and just, again, hopefully, um, pass that on to our kids that they don't have to like live in that diet culture mentality ever, which would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they'll heal. They're going to hear it in life. Cause it's not going to ever go away. Sadly. I don't think in our lifetime. No. Um, but I think just remind, remembering to kind of portray the message that we want to give them um, and just kind of reinforce that when they're at home is what all we can do. Absolutely. And that's awesome. And I think a lot of people will find that advice advice to be helpful. Yeah, I hope so. Um, So I know this has kind of been, I guess, the subject throughout this episode, but um, feel free to throw whatever out there. What about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? Um, it's a good question. You always have good questions, Patra. Uh, (laughs) I think actually this was something I wanted to touch on. So I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is try not to get, um, sort of stuck in a specific identity about yourself. Um, so looking back to my past, I, you know, identified as gymnast. Like that was, that was my identity for many years. Mm-hmm. So much so that I really, really struggled when I quit gymnastics. I went through a really hard phase where I, yeah, I felt lost and like, almost like, who am I? Um, which was really tough. And then, yeah, like going through pregnancy and postpartum, almost again, almost like losing a bit of my like athletic identity a bit when I couldn't work out as intensely after my second um, daughter, I really had to, again, kind of like dig deep and figure out, yeah, my identity was so tied to my fitness that I really struggled um, to lose that a bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think it's actually um, James Clear. He talks about, was it James Clear? Um, anyways, an author, a book that I read talked about how your identity, try to keep it as fluid as you can so that when you do have big life shifts, that it doesn't shake you to your core, um, as much. Right. So, um, the only constant in life is change, right? So our Mm -hmm. bodies are constantly changing. Um, our fitness levels are constantly changing, can you get to a point where you're okay with that? Which again, is it's a lifelong thing because, you know, I'm in a phase now where I'm, I'm fine with that and I'm eventually going to go through menopause. And I know that's a big area of research too, where women really struggle because they mm-hmm. have all these symptoms and they have all these 
um, things changing that again, kind of shakes them, uh, their athleticism um, kind of turns it around again. So yeah, so I think I'm just learning that just try to just kind of go with the flow as, as hard as that is. Um, and just remembering that at your core, you're still yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Even if your physicality changes and if your body changes, that doesn't change who you are at your core, right? Um, but again, that's hard. It's super hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, I'll, it'll be a lifelong lesson, I'm sure. I love it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're currently working on or trying to raise awareness for? So, yeah, so in um, May of 2020, I started my own online business. Um, So I'm still, I'm working as a physiotherapist three times a week um, in Cambridge. Um, But yeah, I started my own online business, creating uh, home workout programs for moms. And yeah, basically my messaging is everything we talked about today. Um, So that's what I kind of want to push forward with my clients. Mm -hmm. And my vision is just to um, make fitness accessible, make it fun, make it, uh, doable for moms, either stay at home moms or working moms that just don't really have the time to work out anymore and just need a little bit of guidance, um, and structure. Um, so that's what I'm working on. So I have right now, um, some one-on-one clients and sort of membership style clients that I create home workout programs for them. Um, and I'm starting to build my, my vision is to build an online community of these moms. Um, so once a month, we're going to do kind of like a Zoom meetup. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that's going to be part of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just kind of like grow, grow that business is kind of my vision. So in the new year, I'm releasing a self-paced um, eight week exercise program for moms that don't necessarily need as much attention from me. So that's my next venture. And then throughout this coming year, I have just, yeah, some other programs that I want to release. And yeah, just kind of build this community online, which I think is just super cool, just especially during this pandemic time, everyone is living online, right? That's Mm -hmm. the only thing we can really meet up right now. Yeah. So, and it's just funny because I had this vision even before coronavirus happened. I just thought um, it would be super cool just to have this online community um, because moms are busy and it's hard to like get together in person for, for programs. So can I create this program online? So that's, yeah, I'm just excited to see it grow. And I'm excited to um, just think of other ideas that I can do with this business. Um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. I'm loving it so, so much. That's incredible. I can't wait to see how this evolves for you. Thank you. Where could listeners best find or support you? So I primarily live on Instagram. So you can find me at Rhonda Chamberlain PT. Um, I also have a website, rhondachamberlainpt.com. Um, I do have Facebook, but I'm not really on there. So Instagram is is the place to find me. Perfect. I'll include those links below. Thank you so so much for joining us and for sharing all of this wisdom. Um, I know I definitely took notes and I'm sure other people will as well. So you're very appreciated. Thank you, Patra. This has been so much fun. I just, you can tell, I just love talking about this stuff so I could talk about it all day long. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 